Good morning, church. Welcome to Home Church. We are so excited to have you here. We are just thrilled to be able to worship God, to come into church, to sit with fellow believers. We're going to have everybody start by standing up with me as we enter into a time of prayer. <clears throat> Father, we praise you today. We are so happy that we have the opportunity the blessing, the life to come in here and worship who you are and what you have done. We ask that as we continue in this mode of praise and worship, that you would fill our lives, that your spirit would dwell within us, and that you would move through us, through this community, through our families, and through the world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Just like we've been doing every week, we're going to have everybody just come a little bit closer as we go and do our meet and greet, so please go meet and greet one another. All right, if I could have everybody take your seats. 
Alright, before we get started, we have some announcements to make. First and foremost, if you ever need to bribe me with something, you can just come give me a cake pop right before announcements. Thank you, Mr. Painter. <laughs> we will be having church elections February 25th. All official church members who are 15 years or older are welcome to vote. We will be voting for new board members, mission council members, district assembly delegates, and NMI delegates. So make sure you mark the calendars February 25th so that you can go and make sure that uh, you are being heard for your representation of the church. Life groups have started. Sign-up sheets are at the welcome counter. Yeah. We have eight groups to choose from, um, so you can join us as we fellowship together and dig deeper for God's word. As a reminder to all life group leaders, please make sure that you get your uh, life group sheets to Pastor Carlos. You can text them to him, uh, but we're just trying to make sure that Pastor Carlos has the ability to pray for everybody as we kind of join all of these together. If you haven't joined a life group, I recommend it. Amanda and I went to one last night that was phenomenal. So please make sure that you get in touch and get connected through one of those ministries. Youth group and preteen group is meeting Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. 6.30 to 8, we are having a great time. Uh, sometimes after 8, we're still having a great time. So come on out and join us for those. We would love to see you. If you are a preteen or a teenager, we have something there for you. Men's breakfast, February 25th at 8 a.m. here at the church. That is right. We are going to be having an awesome time with an awesome breakfast from an awesome cook. Uh, Kristen, you are lucky. So <laughs> we are very excited for that, but we're also excited to introduce the new breakfast the week after. Women's breakfast is March 4th at 8 a.m. here at the church. So now everybody gets a breakfast. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> Come out and enjoy those. <coughs> As we move into our time of giving of tithes and offerings, if I could have everybody stand to your feet, we're going to enter a time of prayer. But before that, everybody pull out your phones. If you have a phone, let me see it. Oh, I'm seeing some shakes, and I appreciate that. I actually almost forgot my phone at home today, and then Amanda found it. So take it and put it to silent mode. That's right. <laughs> That's all we had to do there. And if I could everybody bow their heads with me. As we enter into a time of prayer, Father, we are so, so thankful that we have the ability to give, that we have the ability to come here and receive as we get just refreshed from the word, as we get refreshed through singing worship together, as we get refreshed from meeting together. We're thankful that we have life groups where people can get refreshed through the week, and we ask that you would take all of this that we give financially, that we give through our time and our ministry, that we give through the voice as we sing, and that you would use it in a mighty way, that you would multiply it in ways that we can't even fathom. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.
our kids yesterday, um, home church kids, had a quiz off, and they did really good. Like, really good, yeah. So proud of them. I got the, uh, have the results right here. So, kids, the quizzers, just all those who quizzed yesterday, go ahead and come up to the front right now. Come up to the front right now. Total score for these these quizzers right here. Total score, and I think we're going to beat Reading, I believe, again, by the grace of God. Total score was 9:05. So we have we have so go ahead and hold your applause. We have uh, silver medals: uh, Mia, Uriah, Mackenzie, Lux, and Cambria. Gold medals. Uh, gold medal was Mateo and Zechariah. And Mateo only missed one. Yes. And then we had the uh, the um, blue level. The, and these are the, these are ones who got particip participation award. That was uh, um, Lillian Bright and. Maddie Metzger. Amen. Let's give them a hand if they take their as they take their seat. Amen. Worship team, come up in front with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're gonna worship the Lord this morning. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Just ready to shake off those heavy bands. Yes. Amen. Good morning, church. So in Matthew 5, 4, it says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And there's lots of Bible verses in the Bible that talk about sadness and grief. And for all of them, we are reminded that we have an ever-present God who loves us and walks with us through those things. But not only does he walk with us, in Psalm 30, David writes, you turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and you clothed me with joy. So he took away his sorrow. He took away his sadness. He clothed him with joy and he made it so that he could dance and he could praise Jesus. So, amen. <laughs> so today as we sing this song that we have sang lots of times, as we sing, yes, Lord, Imagine yourself talking to the creator of the universe, your heavenly father, and saying, yes, Lord, I give this stuff, I give this junk, I give this stuff I'm not proud of to you because yes, I know you love me and yes, I know that your word is true. And yes, Lord, I will praise you because yes, Lord, you are good. Amen? Let's sing that together. Let's sing yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. 
Heavenly Father, you are all in all. Truly, you are great. You are everything to us, Lord. You take all of our fears, all of our illnesses, and you heal us because you are the one and only, the great I am. We love you, Lord, with all of our hearts and how thankful we are that we can be home and worship the living Christ. We pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would permeate this place. We pray that you would go before Pastor, come through Pastor, give him the strength and courage to present the word of God that you, the Holy Spirit in him, wants us to hear. And give us ears to hear, we pray. Come now, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Grandioso Señor, que de eso se trata, Padre. Nos gozamos ante tu presencia. Es un gozo estar ante tu presencia, Señor. Te alabamos, te damos las gracias y esperamos salir restaurados, renovados, libres, Señor, de toda aflicción. La palabra que tienes para nuestras familias, para nuestros hogares, para nuestra congregación, Señor, nos libera de todo, toda carga, Señor. Gracias porque nuestro pastor que te ama, que nos ama, que ama a nuestra congregación, Señor, tiene en su corazón el restaurar mediante tu palabra corazones, hogares que se están quebrantando, Señor. Bendice a nuestro pastor, bendice a nuestra congregación, Señor. Gracias por nuestros niños, maravillosos niños, Señor, que están ansiosos y hambrientos de tu palabra. Gracias por todo lo que haces en nuestra congregación. En el nombre de Jesús oramos. Amén. Amén. For some of us, it's difficult. But if you're able to stand, stand with me in this moment right now as we worship our Savior, as we sing out this chorus. It's our breath in your lungs, in our lungs. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Sing out that chorus right now. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour
pray for somebody. There are people in our church and our family right now that are going through things, struggling. People have died in their family. We want to lift them up right now. You have a need this morning. Before God, you just lift your hand up to heaven. Father, here's my need. Father, you see the hands that are raised. Father, we, we give our need to you right now in Jesus' name by your mercy and grace. Father, I ask God, just like I ask every day, meet the needs of your people. And Father, we're giving you our needs right now. Father, I thank you for Pastor Pepe and Pastor Barb and the words they have spoken before me, Father. God, we, the table has been set. Now we, we invite you to come and sit with us, fellowship with us, talk with us. We can't do this without you, Lord. We need you right now. Speak through me. May this meal, may it satisfy our soul, I pray. This spiritual food that we need daily. We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do ahead of time before you even do it. In Jesus' name we pray, we thank you. And all God's children said, amen. Amen. Give the Lord praise. Amen. Give the Lord praise. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, worship team. We so appreciate you. Got a text from a, a, a dear sister of ours, and I, she sent me this early this morning, and I wanted to read it here real quick. I thought it was pretty awesome. It says, um, you should be as, as excited about church as about the Super Bowl, so when your pastor makes a point this Sunday, pour Gatorade over his head. <laughs> so I, I like the excitement, but please don't pour Gatorade over my head, okay? How about an amen? Amen. amen. We're in a series called Home Life. Somebody say Home Life. And we're talking about family principles. Uh, but to take it a step further, we're not just talking about um, family principles, because how many know there's family principles in this world? We're talking about kingdom family principles. There's a big distinction there between the two. Uh, there's uh, family principles that, that we get from habits of this world, you know, have been passed down from generation to generation. And then we have family principles that God has given us. And we talked about the power and the purpose of the family. The family has a purpose, but it also has a power that the world is forgetting about. Family is important in the kingdom of God. Um, we read a verse from the wealthiest man that ever lived about having a strong family. And he writes down three important things for us to build a successful marriage. And I so appreciate, real quick, I so appreciate the, some of you have, I've been getting texts from people from out of state just writing things down as far as what God has revealed to them. And I think it's a beautiful thing. So you're watching online this morning. I've gotten your text and a few from here um, as well. Uh, again, you don't have to do that, but I really do appreciate that. It reminds me that people are listening. Amen. Amen. Successful marriage, family, and home. Proverbs 24, 3, it says right here, through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. We're going to read that together in chorus. Proverbs 24, 3. Let's read together. One, two, three. Through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge 
The rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. So to have a successful home, um, we need knowledge, which is what? Information and understanding, which is, I think our brother last week, he, he nailed it, comprehension. And then understanding and information can lead to wisdom if we apply it. Um, and so if you want to build a strong marriage, home, and family, we don't go after kisses and hugs. We go after knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, and you'll have a house full of treasure. And so we also talked about how we are citizens of a different country. Yes, I'm an American citizen, but my, my real citizenship is in heaven. I'm a kingdom citizen first, and that, that is really who I am. And so we talked about that last week. So I want to just go right into this. What is the purpose of the family? For those who are writing notes, what is the purpose of the family? Um, to secure society. This is why God created the family, because it secures and protects society. How many of you know if the whole world liked the like the same sex, there'd be no tomorrow. If you reversed everybody in this room, give it a few years, this church would be gone. If Matt and I were married, and Amanda and Ricky were married, there wouldn't be a church in a few years, amen? And so I want to read Genesis. Uh, God says right here, God blessed them and said to them, Genesis 128, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Number two, sanctity of the family is not the institution of the state. I keep, I'm going to keep drilling this right here. The, 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 the sanctity of the family is not an institution of the state. And I keep repeating this because we are allowing the state to manipulate and interfere with something that is not theirs. It is not theirs. You know, every manufacturer will tell you, if you buy a product from them, when you open the box, there's something normally on top or on the side, and it says, before you touch me, before you touch what you bought, read me. Read this before you open before you use this product. Because for the company, information in that moment is more important than operation. Because they want you to read. How many of you do that? Be honest. <laughs> I know I don't read it completely. But why does, the why does the manufacturer put that on top? The word manual means to make, maker's mind. Manufacture means the person who made it. So they're saying, before you touch this, read my mind. Amen? And this is why for years you have a cell phone or something in your car that it can do so many things, but you only know how to call someone because you have not read the maker's mind. That's why there's that little blinking light on your, on your whatever that device is at home. And you're like, why is that blinking? I don't know. <laughs> we have not read the maker's mind. But then when you go, to, I brought a manual here. It's a dryer manual. 
When you go to the back of the manual, there's something called a guarantee and a warranty. And they say, we would like you to read this because we guarantee this product. We make a promise to you that this product is going to work like we say is going to work. And then they say uh, there's the warranty. The warranty says you have to follow these instructions. And then it says if you take this product to an unauthorized dealer, the warranty, it says right here, is canceled. So if I take my dryer to an unauthorized dealer, or my truck, and I just dealt with that, if I take it to an unauthorized dealer, they say your warranty is canceled. Marriage and family is not a product of the state, so if you give it to an unauthorized dealer, God cancels the guarantee because God doesn't guarantee nothing when you allow them to mess with his product. Amen. Trust me, I've been doing my truck for months. And this is why your heart is broken. This is why you've been abused. This is why they've been playing with your heart. But God wants to reclaim what is his. Amen. Let me say it this way. When you get rid of the family, you get rid of society. That's why we need healing in the family so there can be healing in the society. Amen. Here's the definition of family in the Greek. In the Bible, family is a dwelling, it's a house, it's a home. The Hebrew for family means lineage. Somebody say lineage. Lineage. When you, when you marry two men, there is no lineage. When two women get together, there is no lineage. Lineage is natural, not unnatural. Amen? This is not Pastor Carlos. This is, this is Bible, church. Family also includes people working in your house. Working in your house. You're hearing me. That means a babysitter. If someone's babysitting your child, your babysitter has to have the same morals and values and convictions. Because family is lineage. It's important who your children are hanging with. That's why I love God when he told Abraham, I love you, Abraham. He says, I will keep no mysteries from you. Abraham's really like, really? He's like, I, nothing. I will keep no mysteries from you, Abraham. This is not the Illuminati or the Masons. I will keep nothing from you. I will tell you everything. Because you will command the word of God to your family and to your servants and to your maid servants, Abraham. You're going to tell the family. So when you drop your kid off at the daycare, preschool, or school, you better be praying all the way to work. And we as parents need to be diligent and know what they're teaching our kids. I was going to show a video, but I decided not to, of a child reading a book in the sixth grade, a book that he got in the library that I could not show you. We as parents need to be diligent, amen? Yes. Family is lineage. 
So while I'm on the subject with the husbands, I got a verse here, Exodus 12, 3, as not only feed our families physically, spiritually, it's very important that we do this. Exodus 12, 3, tell the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, not for himself, for his family, one for each household. First uh, Timothy 5, 8 says, but if someone does not provide for his own, especially his own family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So men, this tells me we need to provide for our family, not only physically, but spiritually. Amen. Amen. Shows me how important it is as husbands to take care of the family. Husbands. Someone say husbands. I'm gonna, I, I, this ain't my notes, but someone, someone say husbands. Husbands. The word husband is two words put together. Um, original Latin husband means house bond. Like James Bond, but house bond. Um, house bond. The one who bonds the house, who keeps the family together. How many of you know we need the father back up in the home? Yeah. We, need, we, need, we need dad back in the home in America. Yeah. We have a lot of fatherless homes. When you become a husband, the Bible calls you to leave your father and mother. But God never intended the woman to leave her father. And I'll get into that later as I as I dove into this deep. When you read the first marriage in history, it's found in our constitution of our country. Section Genesis, subsection 2, article 24. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I would encourage you to read Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2 this week. Read Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, maybe even chapter 3, but I'm I'm not going to read everything, but God, it talks about how God takes man and he puts him in Eden. He puts him in the garden. The word Eden is a very complicated word. Um, the word Eden is not really even talking about a garden. I'm sure it was beautiful. But the word Eden means delightful spot, an open door. It's a very complicated word, but an open door from heaven to earth. And so for a moment, God has an open door from heaven to earth, and it's in God's presence. And that's why today it's very hard for archaeologists to even pinpoint Eden. I mean, they have all these speculations, but at the end of the day, Eden is more than a place. It's an atmosphere. Eden is, is more than just a it's, a, it's the presence of God. It's a beautiful thing. Eden. When man sinned, the Bible says what? God drove man. Yeah. From the garden. He, he said, hey, you cannot dwell here any longer. And when God made the male, he put him in his presence, which shows me that was the first gift God gave man. He gave man his presence. And man met woman in his presence. Amen? I'm going somewhere with this. 
So men, the first thing you need is not a woman. Mateo, the first thing you need is God's presence. I was talking to uh, somebody the other day, saying, Pastor, I need a woman. No, the first thing you need is God's presence. Amen. Amen. And then I was talking to another guy. He says, I don't need a woman. I just, I need the Lord. I said, amen, brother. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Eve met Adam in Eden. And then God told the male one simple word. What did he say to Adam? He said, I want you to work. Work. I want you to work. God gave man work. Before he, gave God, before he gave man woman. So, young man, or man, work. That way you can take care of your woman. Huh? Say, so you need a job first. He says, I want you to work. Priorities are very clear from God's word. And then you can go in Genesis 2.15, and it, it says he wants you to cultivate. Cultivate means to bring out the best, to maximize everything around you, to to be fruitful. And so I was thinking about that. I was like, this is why God will never give you a finished woman. The woman that you're looking for doesn't exist. Your job is to take the raw material God has given you and to cultivate her into what God has created her to be. And God will give you the desires of your heart. So if you're a man and you're married and you're not happy, that's your fault. <laughs> that's your fault. You, you know, women are, women are amazing. They're, women are just incredible. You know, you give a woman, when you give woman good, she gives you better. When you give a woman Groceries, she can give you a... When you give a woman a home, she can, she can bless it and make it even better. When you give a woman sperm, she give you a baby. When you give a woman hell, she will give you problems. <laughs> it's true. I'm telling you. So, so God, I want you, Adam, I want you to cultivate. I want you to... Uh, this is what I want you to do. We need to take care of our wives like Christ, amen? Amen. You see, Jesus Christ is a real man. He has a wife, a beautiful wife. Her name is Ecclesia. It's the church. And he says, he says, husbands, love your wife like I love my wife. He says, wash her with the word. And then you remove every spot, every wrinkle, every blemish, and present her to yourself. Amen? Amen? Not to the world, not to the internet, to yourself. So just a challenge to the ladies. After service, go to your husbands and say, cultivate me. (laughs) Amen? (laughs) Cultivate me. I can't wait to preach this for second service. (laughs) The next thing God told the man, he said, guard the garden. He said, Adam, I want you to guard the garden. The garden. 
The male is supposed to be the protector. And that's why God gave man a stronger bone frame, bigger muscle mass, not to abuse the woman, but to protect the woman. God gave man his word. He said, Adam, don't touch the tree. God never told the woman not to touch the tree. God told Adam not to touch the tree. Which tells me Adam was the only one that got the word from God. Brother Donnie, can you ask those, can you let them know to maybe quiet down, please? Appreciate it. Thank you. It was Adam's job to teach his wife the word of God. Adam's responsibility. And that's why every man should read his Bible. Hmm? I'm going to say that again. That's why every man should read his Bible. Sometimes as men, we can't remember like women can. I'm just going to be honest. I can't remember everything like a, 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 I don't know how she does it, but she can remember everything. But God never asked you to memorize the Bible. He said, read the Bible. And he says, I got a helper. His name is the Holy Spirit, and he's going to help you remember in a time of need. He says, meditate on my word day and night, and I will give you the knowledge. You see, you see, the knowledge we have will help the Holy Spirit be able to give us some information when we need it in a time of stress or worry or frustration as a man. Because we need knowledge, men. We need knowledge. Nothing frustrates a woman more sometimes than this statement. When a woman asks you, what do you think? And the man answers, I don't know. What do you think? We need knowledge, amen? Men, we need knowledge. Then in verse 18, God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Now, I want you to slow this down and read this on your own time. Like, I, I really slowed down and I read this. I, didn't, I, 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 I read it very slowly. It's not good for the man to be alone. He didn't say men. He said the man to be alone. For man to be alone. What man? Adam. But a man that's in his presence. A man that's working, can cultivate, can teach you the word of God. So ladies, if, you're, if you meet a man and he's not in God's presence, and he's not working, and he can't improve you, and he can't protect you, and he can't cultivate you, and he can't teach you the word of God, it is good for that man to be alone. <laughs> I think this went over some people's heads. I'm going to say this again. I'm going I'm to say this again. I know it's Valentine's. I know Valentine's is coming up, and I know there's that guy at work, and he's he's telling you, woman, hey, he's winking at you. He's saying, hey, you're the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> he's winking at you, and he's saying, hey, uh, man, you're God's gift. To, you can say, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can you can you protect this? Can you cultivate this? Can you improve this? Can you teach this the Word of God? If you got one, if you got one no on it. It's good for you to be alone right now. Amen? Amen. Amen. It's 
So then he puts man asleep. I'm, I'm fast forwarding here. He puts man asleep. He put Adam asleep. And when Adam wakes up, he finds another man. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. You got it. You got it. And he says, whoa, this one's different. He says, I'm going to call her, he says, uh, woman. I'm going to call her woman. So a woman is a man with a womb. Man. And so this is for the kids here. And I don't say this jokingly at all. I couldn't, I couldn't believe some of these videos that was sent to me. I could not believe this. I almost want to send it to the board and our staff. It's happening in our own district right here. If you don't know if you're a man, let me save you some time. Just check to see if you have a womb. And if you don't have a womb, you're not a man. No womb, no woman. And that's why we call women females, because they're a male with a fetus. Amen? It's a female. The Bible says, I brought her to the man. He never gave Adam a wife. He never gave Adam a wife. It says he brought her to the man. The word brought in the Hebrew, brought means display. When God brought Eve to Adam, he displayed her to Adam. And then it says Adam started talking. God didn't talk, Adam did. And I kind of picture Adam, he's, you know, he's, He's like, you ever see those birds in the bird store and they bring the female bird in and the bird just, <laughs> he's the male bird is like, that's why I picture Adam. He's just like, hey, and he says, this, this will be woman for she is flesh of my bone and bone of my flesh. I think I reversed that, but it's okay. <laughs> and he says, this will be called woman for she was taken out of me. To be my, what did God say she was going to be? Helper. But if men, if we can't even be her helper, well, she's called to help us. And we can't lead or give her direction in time of need. How is she going to help us? He said it's not good for a man to be alone. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. And that's when the first marriage took place right there. Can you imagine how beautiful that was for Adam and Eve? To, to be, I mean, that, what a beautiful moment. But the wife never leaves the father. Do you know why? Because the word father is a Hebrew word, which is Abba. Someone say Abba. Abba. Abba means source and sustainer. Source and sustainer. It's not a name. It's not a function. It's, it's, a, it's source and sustainer. So God puts us to sleep, goes inside man, and he pulls out a woman and the man becomes the source and the sustainer of the woman. 
The word source in the Hebrew is Abba. In English, we say Father. Father. So the female was designed by God to be eternally sourced and sustained by the male. And that's why only the male leaves his father and mother. Woman never leaves her father. Amen. This is why when a woman gets married, something strange happens. Man is standing here, and the young woman comes through the door with another man. And normally it's her father, the source and sustainer. And he brings the woman in very slowly because it's the last time he's going to be responsible for his princess. And there's the groom, dressed, looking nice, about to take over where the father left off. And the groom is thinking about the honeymoon, but dad's thinking about, this is your responsibility now. In a way, the woman is the baby of the man by divine creation. He has... He is responsible for sourcing her and sustaining her. So a woman never leaves her father. She just exchanges. And that's why we hear these words from the pastor. Who gives this woman away? And the father says, I do. I do. I'm not going to be saying that, Arbella. Sorry. <laughs> Here's my explanation. Here's what I'm trying to say. At the end of the day, men, and I know we have a mature crowd here this morning. That's why second service is really on my heart. At the end of the day, men, your woman, your wife isn't just looking for a lover, a friend, someone to caress her. But what she's really looking for is someone to sustain her, to protect her, and to love her like Christ loved the church. That's your job. That's why the longer you've been married, and it's true everywhere in the world, I looked this up, eventually your wife will be calling you daddy. And you don't call her mother. You call her baby. Baby. All around the world. So when your wife tells you, daddy, can we go to, can we go to the mall, go some, do some shopping? Of course, baby. Daddy, can we, uh, can we go on a walk? Of course, baby. Daddy, can, I, can we buy that new fridge? Of course, baby. <laughs> Daddy, can we, can we sleep in today? What day is it? Sunday? No, baby. <laughs> no, we're going to church. We're going to church. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm going to be laying out some simple foundations.
things that we forget about, things that I've learned at a young age that, that it's like it's the, a basic foundation before we go start going deeper into this family life, whole life. And that's why women, when they have an issue with their fathers, it's very dangerous because it can go into their relationship or when a, or when a man has a, a, a problem with mothers or views women, it can, so you have to, we, we, that's, a, that's for another day, another sermon, another day. And I'm excited to see what God is going to do. But we need God back in the family, amen? Amen. amen. Let's bow our heads this morning as we pray. I want to bless you all. I want to give time for our ladies to, for, for our women um, to be able to be blessed this day. Um, you hear this morning and you say, Pastor, I'm not right with Jesus. That's most important. That's more important than anything. Um, Father, maybe you're backslidden in your heart. You know, you're going through the motions, but at the end of the day, that love for your loved ones, your spouse, your children is not there like it once was. Um, Father, this goes to you. Maybe you need to come back to Christ. Maybe you're right with the Lord and the Lord's living in your heart, but you're struggling for whatever reason. We're going to pray. But I want to address the unbeliever, the backslidden, the one who is left home this morning. God is calling you to come back home. Um, and you're here this morning to say, I'm not right with Jesus. We're going to pray together. And so I want to give you a, a few moments just to, to think about that. Are you right with the Lord this morning? Is Jesus living in your heart? We don't know tomorrow. It breaks my heart. Last year, Super Bowl Sunday, today, I was talking to somebody who passed away last year. Today, last year, I was talking to them. We're talking about the Super Bowl. We're talking about football, and I, they're no longer here, and it's amazing to know they are in heaven. They're with Jesus this morning, and so I might not be here a year from now. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but are you right with the Lord? I'd like us all to stand right now in this moment to our feet. We're going to pray together, and then we will dismiss. So if you don't get nothing out from this message, Jeff, before we pray, husbands, read your word. Amen? Amen. Amen? Let's bow our heads as we pray. If you'd like to ask Jesus into your heart, pray with me. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I am sorry. I do believe you died for me and you rose on the third day and you are coming back again. Take my life. I surrender it to you. Thank you for the gift of salvation. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
For the folks out in the back, I'm not sure if you heard, but there was a lot of children giving their lives to Christ, rededicating again. Can we give the Lord praise this morning? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I, may, I might need somebody to take over for second service. I got emotional. I can't picture me marrying any of my kids. But a big responsibility is for us fathers, husbands, to lead our home. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this day. Thank you for our church. Thank you for our families. Father, I pray this morning for every home, for every household, whether it's a parent that's single or married, Father, may you be our covering in each household, Lord. But Father, if I may share this Pastor Barb prayed a prayer the other day, spoke to me. She says, I don't have a husband. My covering is my pastor and God. So, Father, I pray this morning if there's any widow, Father, here or in second service, Lord, and they need a covering, Father, I pray by your mercy and grace that they would surrender to you, Lord. And, Father, I pray for the fathers in this place. May they get closer to you. For the grandfathers in this place, may they grow closer to you than ever before. Be over our homes, over our children. And I'm believing by faith, God, that you're going to raise up a generation that's going to take this community for you. We thank you. We worship you. We praise your name. Bless the rest of this day and our week. I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Be blessed, church. Thank you. Amen.